Hello, this is Pixelated Playgrounds, a gaming book club podcast discussing the art and craft of video games. I'm Brian Skersha. And I'm Clint Jones. And today, we're talking about Sifu, developed and published by French studio Slowclap for Windows, PS4, and PS5 in 2022. And we may hit some spoilers, so just a heads up if you're sensitive to that. Uh, Clint, I gotta say, you you pulled me into this one after an extremely enthusiastic gushing about its uh, its combat system. So I have you to thank for for me being uh, introduced to this one. Yeah, I, I I got pulled in honestly by the trailer. The trailer looks so good. They, they didn't really say much about it, but it just looks so tight and well put together. It, it had me really interested. Then everybody was talking about how hard it was. I'm like, ah, maybe I won't bother. But I got bored one weekend, did it anyway, and here we are. <laughs> Super glad I did it. Yeah, it's interesting to me that this game got, like, sort of the hard game hype train going for it. Like, there's a certain type of video game player that will just latch on to the next challenge, quote-unquote. And I think this game definitely benefited from that, right? Like, it was, for a little while, all you could uh, see is, like, Sifu is real hard, but it could be the game of the year. And then, <laughs> like, it was quickly followed by two or three more games uh, that could be the game of the year because we're in february 2022 and it is a mad time what a hell of a of a uh, a month here and i gotta be honest okay so you know me i can't help myself i dipped into <laughs> all of them yep. uh and sifu i think now i haven't beaten the other games yet so it's not fair yet but i will sure. say sifu latched on a lot more than any of the other ones have and i i really like that game I was very afraid that the difficulty would turn me off because I'm not that guy. Uh, when I see like the ultra hard, I'm like, nah, probably not for me. I don't want to be pissed off when I'm trying to relax, but it just didn't do that for me. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. Like, I, I used to be like, yeah, challenge is novel, especially coming, you know, back in like the 2010s, 2015s, like there's something around there. It was novel to see a game that was not just like tutorialed out the ass and um, actually trusted the player to sort of figure shit out for themselves. See Dark Souls. But, um, you know, this game is in 2022 that ceases to be, be novel. So you need some more than that to carry you through. And I think this game had a lot more going for it than just like it hard you know there's like really cool stuff going on here with animation with the combat system it's simple yet complex it has a cool and tight story there's just there's a lot of really well honed parts here and it's not sprawling it's very focused yeah i like that this is almost like the sniper approach like games try to do a lot these days because they feel like they need it to compete like you gotta have a million different systems this game only has a few systems but you're right what they do, they do very, very well, and they focus in deeply, and they really give you room for growth, too. Like, there's so much room to learn and grow in those few systems that it carries through the whole game, I think. Yeah, if I want to do, like, a meets, 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 this is, like, Streets of Rage meets Dark Souls crossed with an indie game, <laughs> you know? Like, there's just, um, there's really good artistic sensibilities here, but at its heart, it's a brawler. But it's extremely technical, so it, Very. yeah. So there's a lot of there's. It's an interesting crossover of different things that all of which I like. I'll add one. It's part Guitar Hero too. Like, this is very <laughs> yeah. much a rhythm game. When you get down to it, like when when you get to that super technical, like you're never going to be able to mash buttons and get very far in this game. It's mm -hmm. all about timing and control and knowing when to do what and holding back till that right moment. So yeah, I think it's a bit rhythm too. Totally agree. 
Um, I guess before we go into maybe talking about some of what you're doing in the game, maybe I could do a quick setup of, you know, who made it, what their history is, and, and what exactly you're doing in the game. So yeah. the dev here is uh, Slow Clap. The only other game of which of theirs I'm familiar with is Absolver, which is another sort of fighting style game, which I did not play, but it kind of, it sounds cool, sort of a multiplayer fighting game where you're picking up moves from other players in a multiplayer environment. It, it sounded neat, you know, I, I kind of wish that I played it, but... Um, I think the time may have passed, and I'm hoping that Slow Clap gets a little more heat from this game. Yeah, now that you, I also was so excited about Sifu after I played it that I was thinking about playing Absolver, but I think we have now seen everything that they have brought to bear and learned from Absolver <laughs> here, so it'd almost be a step back, so I don't even want to touch it. Like, this is what they've learned, this is their masterpiece, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, you know, there's there's good and interesting things about revisiting a catalog for a developer to get a feel for them, but uh, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, there's so much going on right now in games, I don't really feel the need to, like, do a deep dive. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll, it definitely slow cut is someone I'm going to keep an eye on. But um, to that end, what is Sifu? What are you doing? Um, and I guess the, the quickest summary is the game opens with a bunch of martial artists attacking a school for martial arts and, and massacring all of its students. And then suddenly, eight years later, the lone surviving child, a.k.a. you, has become an accomplished martial artist, and you're out to take revenge on the assailant that killed your uh, father, I guess, Sifu. Yeah, it's very much a classic kung fu or even western kind of story, right? Revenge it's, it's story, like yeah. Revenge tale, yeah, you, you see the cast of characters up front. There are five antagonists that you must take on, and that correlates to your five levels that you gotta go do, and one by one you gotta take them out which mm -hmm. is a cool but very simple setup. Yeah, I really like it. You know, it's it's huge, like, Chinese and uh, mythology influence, Chinese um, kung fu influence. Just, it's really well thought out in, in that regard. Like, I think there's a lot of stylistic things that work together for this, this one sort of martial arts movie uh, pastiche that this is painting. Yeah, it knew its source material, and it definitely, like everything else we've said, like, they picked something, and then they did it to the nines. Like, it's done very well. I think the di thing they did the most to the nines here is, as we set up front, the combat. So we should talk right up front about that, because I think that's what we're going to have the most to say about. <laughs> and, Agree. And, and as I said before, it's it's deep, but not overly complex. Like, I guess if I list out the things you could do, there's not a ton, right? There's fast attacks and slow attacks. There's three different types of ways of avoiding damage, the dodge, the avoid, and the parry. Um, and then you have sort of two health bars, a la Sekiro, I guess. You have structure damage and your health damage. Right. And uh, you can kind of, again, the enemies have the same, and you're either choosing to take on their structure, uh, and, and then you get to brutally attack them afterwards, or you slowly take down their health. And then, depending on the situation, you might do a, a variety of both. But I think what sets this apart, I've literally never, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I cannot remember any game that looks so good and does so tight of animation in, in combat. Mm -hmm. Like, this just feels insane. This is what <laughs> a, a Matrix game should have been. Like, it was amazing. I, I totally agree. And, like, just just to talk a little bit about the art style like it's got this really nice sort of painterly look sort of cell shaded it almost feels like low poly in some places but then others it feels like hyper hd um it's just it's hard to pin down but 
it has this absolutely cinematic feel on every combo that you're doing, like really cool camera angles on takedowns, really satisfying sounds when you do a structure break or a parry that really like makes you feel that you're exactly there in the action. It really makes you feel like John Wick. Like this is John Wick. Yep. Without guns. Yeah. Kung Kung Fu movie, the video game. Like, you know, you could point to any Jackie Chan movie or something like that as well. But the most recent sort of cultural icon that I will point to is is John Wick. (laughs) Yeah. And and of course, they've already modded him into the game. I've I've watched people play as uh, or the other one. uh, If anybody's familiar with uh, Daredevil, the Netflix series, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. very visceral, very tight melee combat. That's also very much in this vein. I would recommend that if I can't describe the combat. But I would say if you've never seen the trailer for this, watch it. You'll know immediately what we're talking about. And it feels as good to play as it looks in the trailer, which is not something I was expecting. It, it does. Like, all of the animations that they have are super hyper-suited to the situation that you're in when you execute them. Like, takedowns are, you know, you do a quick press of, what, triangle and circle or something like that. And it immediately launches you into a takedown animation. And it never fails that it, like, will use... Anything that's around you, whether it's like a wall or a counter or a small like low ledge, or if you're in the middle of the area, he'll just do a takedown that's, you know, open air, so to speak. Um, it or He or she, your protagonist, can importantly be male or female. Um, it's just really well done. Like all that animation is just meticulously animated. Yeah, and beyond that, so yeah, it's extremely contextual to where you are in the room and what's around you. There's also the fact that you can be barehanded. You could have a club, a bat, a sword, a staff, mm-hmm. and those all play into what's going on. And the most amazing part of all this, and not one time in the 35 hours plus that I've played this game, did I ever see an arm clip through a ledge <laughs> or yeah. th- like, it's insane. Like, I don't know how they did this. Really Our good other- collision detection. It, extremely. And it always looks good. And, it, and you're never like, oh, I've seen that. I mean, yeah, you've seen it before, but it never looks quite the same because they make it feel organic with wherever you are in the room. Yeah, and um, I cannot believe we haven't talked about this yet, but let's launch into some of the game's more novel mechanics. Um, You know, you're not going to, uh, like Daredevil, which you mentioned, have uh, an eight-minute uninterrupted run where you take down an entire hallway of foes and and win the day um, by the skin of your teeth your first time through. You will later on, but not the first time through. The first time through, you're going to get your ass kicked, and you will die. And then what happens when you die, Clint? (laughs) Uh, You come back just a little bit older. This is a very interesting thing that it took a little while to completely understand what's going on. So every time you die, you'll age a little. You get to come back, but you've aged a little bit. But the problem is every single time you die, you also have this death counter that slowly snowballs. So the first time you age one year, the next time you age two years, next time three, four, next thing you know, like you're losing decades of your life every time you fail and then you're gone. Uh, Once you hit your 70s, you're out. Managing that system was a little bit, that was the only thing I didn't completely understand at the beginning, but once you understand it, it really does make a lot more sense. Yeah, I I agree. Like the first time I didn't quite understand, like I did get that and I did appreciate that when you died, you came back immediately. You're right on the spot. There's no bonfire. There's no checkpoint. You just pop back up right where you were. Same amount of enemies on the screen, same health, same structure damage, whatever. Um, The death counter, as you mentioned, you know, it'll tick up with each death. And I didn't quite get that at first. I thought that wasn't really that well explained. But after a little while, I I got it. Like it, it it started to make sense to me. 
Yeah, and it does have important other things too. Like there's a risk. There's lots of risk reward in this game, um, but uh, you can s- slowly bring that that uh, death counter back down. Like let's say you've had too many uh, mistakes. Well, there are lots of areas that are optional, entirely optional, and they'll often have harder enemies in them. And every time you take out an elite enemy, it'll bring that counter back down. So if you're like, ah, I have way too many, uh, my death counter's too high going into this boss. I need mm-hmm. to take on some of these optional guys to try to bring that back down and make this more manageable. You can do that. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you, um, it makes you fight for your life, literally. Like you will fight to sort of preserve your ability to take additional deaths against a much harder enemy, aka a boss later on. And there's other ways that this plays into your ability to advance and learn new moves and unlock additional perks as well. Because in each level, uh, not only are the skills you can unlock gated by the amount of deaths you've taken, basically by decade, like if you reach 30, certain skills are unlocked 40, 60, 50, blah, blah, blah. But you are getting a few different types of basically currency you can spend to unlock things. You can get experience, which is just about you killing the enemies, doesn't really matter how you do it, but then level score, which is hooked to not getting hit and taking enemies down without being hurt. And being able to maximize all of these different types of basically spendable skill unlock currency dictates how powerful you're going to be as you make your way through the levels. And I guess we should talk about checkpointing too and and, and how this age mechanic does finally fill out. So the, the whole idea of this game here is that your death counter and your age precede you through the entire game. Right. So you can get through level one at age 68, but that leaves you two years of life to get through the final four levels. That's never going to work <laughs> out. So what you have to, what you're doing constantly is, is you're beating a level, trying to figure it out, and then you have to go back and try to beat it in a way that leaves you enough headroom to get through the rest of the game. And that that also sounded not fun to me when I originally heard it, but really in practice it was a ton of fun. Like, I'm not a high score kind of guy at all. I hate that shit. I, usually if a game tells me to go back and do the same thing all over again, I'm like, ah, bored. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally with you. But this game had... Sifu had really interesting ways of keeping that interesting. One, each time you made your way through a level, you would notice that, one, maybe there could be different paths, or maybe you get a key that'll allow you to bypass a certain area. Um, It's important to note that you're treating this whole thing as sort of an investigation, and um, you are keeping a detective board that sort of interconnects all the various characters that we talked about being introduced up front, all the various items that you get as you go through their domains, and all the clues about who they are and you know what's making them tick, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, you're, and so you're able to explore these levels in different ways on subsequent playthroughs. And not only are you doing that, but you're coupling that with probably the most satisfying progression of learning by doing that I've seen in a game. Like, it really is impressive to me how well this game teaches players how to get better at it without ever explicitly tutorializing anything. Like, I, you really do see the results on the page. 100%. And I think this game does it in a way that's not frustrating either. Like, there are some games where I'm, I'm going to bring up Dark Souls here. You, It's hard. <laughs> yeah. You do a boss 100 times. You hate... You hate it, but then you finally get through it, and you're like, oh, finally, and that gives you just enough to get through the next thing. I never felt that, like, 
despair. Like I enjoyed it. Like even <laughs> I think it helps that the levels are short. Like these are probably let's say what do you think? 10, 15, 20 minute levels tops. Yeah, I would say like your first time through you'll probably spend maybe 30 to 40 minutes, but by the time you are like doing your final run through of the squats, the first level as you're doing your final run of the game quote unquote, you'll do it in 15 minutes. For sure. Actually, uh, so I think 20 minutes before we were going to start this, I said, hey, I want to run downstairs and get through a level. I got through two. Uh, <laughs> be- because again, once you learn, it's all about learning. Like, I need to do this, this, and this. And then you can become very efficient and yeah. and uh, proficient at what you're doing. And that's kind of what this level's or the whole game's about. But what we didn't say, and the part that matters, I think that helped the most, the game checkpoints you. So let, let's let's say you beat level one and you manage to squeak by it, uh, age sixty eight. Cool. You go back and play it, um, and then you pass it at forty. Well, that's your new checkpoint. You can enter level two at at, uh, at age forty anytime. Later on, when you get back, you get to the end of the game and realize I don't have enough headway to finish. You go back and start at the beginning again. And you start getting out in your twenties. Well, cool. That's your new checkpoint, and you can ride that wave through the rest of the game without having to do it every time. Like roguelikes are hard because they make you do the whole thing in you know in a linear fashion yeah this lets you break that up a little bit into more manageable chunks i think yeah i think that's important too like even something i'm thinking like spelunky which is a classic roguelike um but will let you choose the level you start at but you're not accruing the bonuses that you get from say doing the mines in the jungle over again if you're going straight from the mines to um the ice level and Clint, you probably this is probably completely lost on you, but trust me, it'll make sense to the people out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> oddly enough, Spelunky, I didn't join you guys for that one. Yeah, um, but regardless, the interesting thing that this game does is say at like you do the squats and you're you know fifth or sixth time through after you've gotten a bunch of other levels under your belt, you make it out at you know twenty five. You're like, all right, cool, I'm out of the first level at twenty five. I feel like this is a good start. Then. And when you're at the second level, you make your way out of that at, you know, 55 and you're like, boy, that, that level two is really a weak spot for me. I got to go in and shore that up, get to level three by, you know, 32. And then slowly but surely you're sort of building, you're doing like a sequential roguelike, improving your score through every given level, building on what you have in the level before it, including uh, some of the bonuses you can unlock through those shrines using the experience and level score that you have. It's a really interesting system, uh, like like you said, Clint, kind of a combination roguelike score chaser. Yeah, and the good news, too, is that if that sounds terrible to you, like, I don't want to go back and redo all that. Well, you will, because it's fun. But two, all the uh, shortcuts that you've unlocked continue to be unlocked. So the the headway to get through those levels again to get that high score or low score, however you want to look at it, uh, is that's a lot less of an uplift. Yeah, actually, on a few of the levels, you go pretty much go straight to the boss, so... But an interesting thing about that, though, which which I found sort of approaching my um, my end game state is that I the first time getting from the beginning to the end and getting to the sanctuary, the final level and, and approaching the final boss, I was going straight to the boss on every level, like shortest possible route, maximize the young age so that I could get a lot of extra deaths at that final boss. And what I learned going forward after that was that that left me kind of underskilled and underpowered. So I would go back and go back, see how many enemies I could kill without taking too much damage or death, see how many shrines I could rack up in the meantime. And what that meant is that I was just like going through those first two or three levels like a god. Like I was just like John Wick and Jackie Chan had a baby (laughs) that like 
would immediately destroy anybody that tried at, at Kung Fu. <laughs> it was it was really fun, like just sort of coming in and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm 21 years old and I'm going to literally demolish everyone in this entire place. <laughs> We haven't really mentioned this. I mean, I think we mentioned it briefly, but this game is hard as shit, especially yeah. the first couple times you play it. You're, you're going to think, no way, no freaking way can I do this. <laughs> like, no, not even can I not, I'll barely squeak by at 68, much less get a score reasonable enough to, to pass forward with. But but you will, like, you will mm-hmm. get better. I am not an elite brawler or anything else, and I don't sure. think you are either, Brian. No. Um, but by the time I was done with this game, I, I platinum this game. I was the 600... 34th person to platinum this game. <laughs> I'm putting my stake in the sand right now. I did it, guys. Good uh, job, Clint. Right, right after I said I wasn't elite. Look at that. Anyway, I did it. But the whole point is, I did it because it was fun and because you really can progress just through learning. Like, I got through the... The one thing that this platinum requires is that you beat the game at age 25 or less, which is insane. I beat it at age 24. And like you were saying... Extra credit. Yeah, you got through the first two levels in, in your early 20s, right? The mm-hmm. first, when people fart, first start playing this game, they're going to get to that second level and think, holy God, I can't get out of here. You can. You you can and you will. I, I remember, like, well, as most people will, you'll get stuck on the first level, literally. Like, you will age out at the first level the first time through. And then, you know, eventually you'll, you'll get to the point where you're aging out at the second and then the third. And then, yeah, like you said, Clint, eventually you're just beating the game at, at 25. Um, I didn't. Uh, I can say that um, I, I tapped out after my first victory, and, and I was good with that. Like, that, that to me was skin of the teeth, and I had had enough. I'd seen what I needed to see. And, uh, you know, this game resonates to different levels with different people, but I think that it's it definitely accomplished a really interesting thing in terms of, like, showing you, you know, showing you what mastery looks like in a relatively short amount of time like what what was my playtime on that to get through the game was maybe 15 hours which is you know long for a brawler slash arcade game but still pretty short for the type of progression solely on a skill level that we're talking about here so it took me about 20 to get through the first time i think you benefited from a couple things one i kept feeding you information from you yeah (laughs) i fed you some information that may have helped and two they did uh they really did tone down level two with uh with a patch um i will say everybody gets upset about sean in level two i can consistently beat it without dying a single time and if you just stick with it for a little bit amount of time it's all about again it's all about timing and learning like you need to learn to avoid things and then you need to learn to parry. Like after a while, it's just easy. Like, and you would never think that when you first start, you're thinking this is impossible, but it's really not. I do think it's worth maybe talking about some of the levels and the designs and also what the bosses and the, the levels are trying to teach you. So maybe we sure. can issue a spoiler warning here and go into some specifics about some of the levels and bosses. Cause I think there's a lot to talk about with each of them. Yeah. Let's start with the squats. This is your, I guess your opening area. It's kind of like a slums. Uh, there's like a drug lord there, right? Pretty yeah, much. Dr- it's I basically thought. a drug manufacturing plant, uh, sort of run by Jafar the botanist, who is a machete wielding weirdo who actually killed you uh, in the the opening of the game. Um, it's worth mentioning you you play as the the villain during the opening of this game, which I thought was a really interesting touch. Yeah, they give you that like again. If it's all about the villains, showing them right up front was a really cool 
was a really cool move. But yeah, so he's the guy that, that thought he killed you. Of course, you have this amulet that throughout the game that lets you come back. I guess that mm -hmm. was how this all started. Right. Uh, but yeah, you, you immediately face off with him. And I, I don't really know what they're trying to teach you with him specifically. Just the core mechanics of the game, I feel like. To me, he was the one that was teaching you how to use um, probably the dodge. Not necessarily the avoid, like the the um, Neo sort of uh, duck out of the way move, but rather just the straight up sidestep, right? Just completely get out of the way kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, so if you, you use that, you can avoid his machete pretty easily and then come back with a you know, a punch or a kick or hit him with a stick of bamboo or whatever. Um, the level itself, I think, is interesting because um, it has a shortcut that you get after the first time through that allows you to bypass, like, the vast majority of it as well as some, some tough enemies. Uh, this is going to be a trend. You know what's funny? I never use that. Never. Never. Used <laughs> never. Yeah, why, I went through once. <laughs> well, you only, you only get one shrine if you go through that way. It's that risk versus reward thing. And as you're building your, your score up, um, working towards that end game, you want as many shrines as possible. And this is the easiest level to get as many possible. So don't skip this level, guys. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like getting out of this one with like two or three shrines and like level 21 is about as good as, as I ever did. And that's all I ever needed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next level is where a lot of people are going to get stuck, but it's also one of the coolest levels in the yeah. game. It's the, it's the nightclub. Uh, yeah. And this level teaches you a couple things. One, how to deal with crowds. So in the first level, you're never working with, I think, I don't think I ever remember having more like two or three ever. Except in the final room where they're doing like the big drug manufacturer. Like you could use a lot of, you can use some stealth to take out a bunch of people in that room. Gotcha. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, you walk right into a, a night Literally club. a dance floor. <laughs> yeah, and there's like 15 people in there like, oh, yeah. we're going to fuck you up. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And, and no matter how good you are at like, no matter how good you are, this is a kung fu game and it does have some basis in reality here. You're going to get your shit kicked in. Like, you yeah. just cannot take on that many people. So it's about learning how to manage your environment, uh, sticking to corners so people can't surround you, and, and just dealing with crowds. Yeah, using the environment and figuring out that like, um, you can use the prior parts of the level to augment you in the earlier. Like, I think by the time I was making my way through this level for the last time, I knew that I was immediately jumping the counter, grabbing the baseball bat, taking out everyone in the first room, and then using that baseball bat to take out, like, four or five people in the following room before I started my actual, you know, fist-fighting combos and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Like, you do almost... It's almost like you're making your own choreography, basically. You mm -hmm. know exactly what you're going to do, and every time... That's a great way to put it. You're basically internally like getting better at crafting the script of your own action movie. Yeah, so the first couple times you're learning how to do it at, at, at an acceptable level and then you're almost making it cool. You're mm -hmm. like, okay, and here's how I do this move and this move and I'm gonna go here and do that. And there is some like variance to it. Like there are things that, that pop up from time to time that don't happen other times. Like the, uh, the guys that come back uh, I don't know what they call that, like that second wave thing. Yeah, when like they have really... a second wind. There's some enemies that will like suddenly get a second wind after you knock them out the first time, and it, it's predictable, but it's also, it it puts a hitch in your plans. Yeah, you never know which one it's going to be, and there's ways to mitigate it, but still, there are little wrenches that they can throw in the work so that it's not just the same every time. It's close, but not quite. But yeah, you really start to like dial in and, and know your moves and, and who you got to deal with and how. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely, there are multiple areas in, in this level where you're dealing with huge groups of enemies. Even the room after, the next two rooms after that are at least 10 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this game is, is or this, this level of the club is all about that crowd control aspect. And 
you know, after you're making your way through it the first time, you are getting an option to bypass some of them, as, as we said before. But eventually, you know, you're making your way into a fighting ring and then sort of a, a village that's on fire. And I think it's worth mentioning at this point that if it wasn't apparent, the first level was really the element of, of plants that was uh, at play. This one is definitely fire. And that is no more apparent than when you reach the boss of the second level, Sean, the fighter, who uh, not only has a bow staff that he is ready and willing to fuck you up with, but also the power over fire. <laughs> yeah, he's going to make you say lots of bad words, so don't play this around your, your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but really, again, like I said earlier, once you understand what you're supposed to be doing with him, he's a pushover, but he, it, it, he, it's intimidating for sure. He, he really is. He's super aggressive. And I think until you realize that he's doing almost all high attacks, and this is something we didn't mention about the combat system, is there's a high-low dichotomy of attacks. Once you realize that, it's very easy to dodge a straight string of high attacks. It's really easy to dodge a straight string of low attacks. It's the mix that screws you over. So yeah. these early bosses and early enemies are, once you understand the pattern, very easy. And I think this is something that the game... A game like Dark Souls does not do very well. You beat a boss once, and you're not going to face that boss again or be able to put in practice all of the things you learned until your next playthrough. In, in this game, you are able to put it into practice during your current playthrough on your journey to the end of the game. And that's really satisfying. Like if, if Dark Souls, you know, made me face the Capra Demon six times in a row to get to the end of the game, I'd get pretty good at that Capra Demon. <laughs> but isn't that the isn't that the one we just throw poop at? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm still just gonna throw poop at him. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. You immediately get to, to uh, reap the benefits from the lessons you've learned by when you go right back. So yeah, Sean's all about fire. He's got the bow staff. He's two feet taller than you and has a massive staff, and it freaks you out. And he gets up in your face, which is not something you're used to at any point in the game before this. So it it really throws you for a loop. But you're right. It's mostly high attacks, especially after that patch. And uh, you can get through that that way. But then you get to the museum, which, again, big groups of enemies again. Now you're facing up against enemies with weapons. A lot of times you'll see them with blades and stuff now, which doesn't change your combat so much as just makes you more careful. But the boss, exactly what you just said, Kuroki here, changes things up. She's super aggressive. She's in your face. But she does highs and lows together, and it really makes you focus in on what's going on the whole time. Also worth mentioning that she's not just using a blunt weapon. She's using a bladed weapon that, if you get hit with, will take a lot more out of your health bar than it will out of the other um, folks, which primarily hurt structure, but then also a little bit of health. So, yeah, what, what are those called? Those are like nunchucks with blades on them. They're freaking crazy. You know, I have no idea what that weapon's called. But she starts off with basically a staff with two spinning blades attached to each end. Um, again, I, I don't have a name for this weapon. Uh, I'm sure it has one. I just don't know it. But then she uh, gets Kanai's later in her second form. And she is sort of the element of water. And can I just say that I think this is my favorite level from a design perspective? It's really cool, and uh, I love a museum in a video game. Like, all throughout it, you're sort of going through her. She is the artist. She has sort of an art display that is on, or uh, an exhibit that's on display at this museum. And you get to see all of the different things. And as you're fighting your way through, like, the top level of her exhibit, it's like control uh, destruction, rage. <laughs> There's just like all these different like emotions and you're just like fighting your way down this progression of, um, I guess, uh, adjectives and nouns and, and words that she's trying to display with her heart. It's really good. Love a museum at a video game. 
Yeah, the only sad part is that this is the level that has multiple uh, shortcuts and you can pretty much shoot straight to the boss. So once you beat it, you usually just go straight to the boss. Hate to say it, but the one of the most beautifully designed levels. It's you, one of the hardest, too. It's a good one to bypass. <laughs> for sure. You, you would not want to be doing all that and then going up to Kuroki because Kuroki is hard. That that was, I think, you think Sean's hard. Kuroki's even harder. But by then, I think you're really starting to come into your own. So it's not as bad. This was easily the boss that I had the most trouble with, even like on my final playthrough. Like I was able to get through the next boss, which we'll talk about in a second, pretty easily. But Kuroki was always sort of a wild card for me. Like if I got a good run there, I was sticking with it. I didn't well, want to mess it, with that. <laughs> it's hard to know what to do because she's literally flailing blades in your face and your immediate reaction is to back away. But really, you, you, have, to, you have to go in. Yeah, that's the weird thing is her second form is much easier than her first. Usually the game, like, you know, the bosses all generally have um, two phases. And the first phase, you can probably, like, figure out and get down pretty easily. In the second form, they're much more aggressive and difficult. And while that is true of Kuroki, I found her first form more confusing. Like, the the highs and lows were more varied. You just got to parry the shit. You got to get up in there and parry. The, like, she's going to flail around, punish her for it. Like, mm -hmm. But it's, it's immediately your instinct to not do that. So once you learn that, it's really not that bad. What was the name of that YouTuber that you recommended to me? Oh, God. I don't remember. Uh, Dan Allen Gaming. Dan there Allen Gaming. <laughs> you know, Clint, you... The most generic man in the world. There we go. Dan Allen. <laughs> yes. Dan Allen. You always trust a man with two first names. Uh, <laughs> He's got an actually, accent, though, so it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is worth mentioning. He, he, you know, he helped me through a couple boss fights. Good old Dan Allen. But, yeah. um, you know, that he, he was very good at identifying the patterns. And really, that's what you need to do for this game is identify the patterns. After uh, Kuroki there, you go to the tower, which I think, I don't want to call it a weak level. I just, it just didn't have as much for me. The other levels were so good, like this one just didn't do it as much for me. And neither did the boss, honestly. I don't know what this boss was trying to t teach you, really. So I, I do like one thing about this level, which is you started up going up. It's called the tower, but it very quickly becomes clear to you that you need to be going down as you descend into the earth uh, after the first portion of the level into these sort of burial area and caves and ruins underneath the tower that the boss, Jin Fang, uh, the CEO, has created her empire on top of. She is a business executive. She's an elderly lady, but she also um, only has one arm. The other arm is replaced with a swinging sort of blade weapon that is on a string that is uh, you've seen this before. Ninjas use this thing. It's uh, hard to learned. avoid. I think we should have the... learned these names before we started. Yeah, <laughs> we really do sound like a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> I don't know. It's something on a string. Well, that's accurate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess the, the level did teach us something. The, the level was teaching you how to deal with the elite enemies because they keep pushing them at you at a harder clip than any other level had done before this. Yes, so uh, it's a chained bell. Uh, yes, Jin Fang, we wielder of the chained bell. <laughs> um, she, I think to me, what she was trying to teach me is how to close space uh, extremely quickly. And yes. that, that, to me, this was like a time that I had hoped to God that I had unlocked a really good move for closing distance. And either you needed one that was high, one that was low, and you needed to just adjust it based on what she was throwing at you. 
Yeah, because she does have a a ton of range with that weapon. And you're right, you're not with Kuroki. You're it's very fast attacks. These were slow and deliberate, but they really kept you at bay, and you had to find a way to close that distance quickly. So I guess that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she was to me one of the easiest bosses. I think I beat her the first time, dying only once. Which yeah, was same, same for nothing me. Nothing like any of the others. Yeah, I, I beat her on the first time through as well, which is surprising to me too. Um, uh, you know, she was the element of metal, uh, if we're going off the five traditional Chinese elements, which if you haven't guessed by now, that's exactly what we're going off of here. Um, which leaves our final guy in the sanctuary at the top of the mountain, Yang, element of earth, the boss. And this level teaches you nothing. This is this is <laughs> test time, guys. You've got to learn. <laughs> yeah, you've got. And Brian and I harp on this all the time. The only thing I hate more—that's one of the things I hate the most. If the final boss in the final level isn't the final exam, if they change the rules on you at the last second, I hate it. Like, what were we learning things for? But this is a prime example of how you take all the lessons you learned and prove that you've learned it and excelled at it. And the, the interesting thing about this level to me is even when you've gotten through it the first time, they still put a small gauntlet of basically all the different types of hard enemies you've encountered throughout the game on the run-up to the boss. So you have to prove you can take out, you know, the heavies, and then one of the fast sort of kicking enemies, and then also one of the bow staff wielding enemies. Like, they they put a, like a mini gauntlet of all of the, you know, basically the elite enemies on your way. Um, so there's no there's no <laughs> relief in this level. Um, and despite the fact that they only really make you run through the substance of the level once, it's got some really interesting environmental storytelling and like findable items in it that help flesh out the story throughout the rest of the, the levels. I really liked how this, this one came together and put the rest of the game in perspective for me. Yeah, and I got to be honest, this was another level where I did the whole thing because I wanted every last shrine I could get before the run-up. And honestly, the hardest part of the level is the part that you have to do anyway, that gauntlet. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that much extra to ask me to just go do the rest of the level every time too. So Yeah, the, the little cafeteria off to the left when you start is a gimme. Like, it's just a free shrine, basically. <laughs> the enemy's and you got to get the sword out of there anyway, which helps you do the next part, which then rolls into the last part. Again, it's like it all snowballs after a while. Yeah, as soon as you sort of start to put together, like, what you need to make a certain part of a level easier... It becomes pretty clear, like how you want to route your way through the level. Even if you know where you need to get to, sometimes a straight line isn't always the best path to take. Yeah. All right, but let's talk about the big guy here, Yang. Uh, this guy was hard. Like, yeah. doesn't doesn't matter how much you've learned. I think I got to him the first time at age 34, and this is why I think maybe my playthrough was longer than yours too. I was very meticulous early on trying to get that. I was trying to be very low when I got to him the first time, and I will be honest, I barely squeaked by, and it took many, many, many times. I mean, there's a big uplift between 34 and age 70, whatever, like, and it was still kicking my ass, so this guy's very difficult. Yeah, you know, this death counter thing that we talked about above can really play into this, because if you get on, like, a, a negative spiral with this guy and you're losing six, seven, eight times in a row, like, basically every loss is x-factorial in terms of death counter, right? Like it's one, then minus two, then minus three, then minus four, five, six, etc. So you're losing, you're losing lives fast. He is by far the hardest boss. This is where I was um, looking online and saying, like, so when's that easy mode coming? 
uh, hasn't released yet. I'm glad it's coming <laughs> because to me, this, this is basically enough. Like I, if I, I, I would have given up here, honestly, this was a little too high of a lift for me. But I'm I'm mixed on this because the whole game, like the whole the whole game, is about learning and overcoming. And I know that there's that toxic get good thing. I don't feel like this is that mentality here. And honestly, I can beat him. All the other bosses I can I can beat with with no deaths. With Yang, I've gotten it down to three, um, which is pretty impressive considering how aggressive he is. He's basically like fighting you. He has your entire move set. He's as aggressive as you, and you really. The only thing I don't like is that you couldn't use focus on him. Like they wanted yeah. you working on that move set the whole time, and they took that away at the last second. I I'm mixed feelings on that. I think they should have left it in, but whatever. We didn't even mention focus, but um, <clears throat> it's worth mentioning that throughout the course of the game, you can unlock these moves, which use a blue series of bars that you build up through accruing combos or doing successful dodges or parries that allow you to use unblockable special moves. And this is the only boss that will not allow you to use those, which is a huge handicap to you, especially if you've been, like me, relying on them quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I I think the biggest problem people are going to have with this boss, and again, it has to do with what you're learning, and we'll explain why you're learning it. I spent my entire game avoiding. It is the most efficient way to get out of harm's way and then still be close enough to follow up with a strike. There is a much more dangerous and more difficult uh, function that's the parry where you literally have to touch it the exact second you're getting struck and that takes down their structure meter right but i didn't ever mess with it because i found a way to work with the avoidance avoidance was much more reliable correct but you have to learn to parry he's so aggressive and doesn't let you in there that you have to break his structure it's the only way you get through his first uh his first phase there so that was really hard for me but it's because i wasn't learning the lesson once i learned the lesson i can get through him at least the first phase no deaths at all Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to like make this into a conversation about difficulty or normativity, but like that is a much harder ask is to, you know, force someone to use that parry mechanic rather than to utilize the other mechanic that the game had built in, which is the avoid. So, you know, it's just a much harder boss. Like at the end of the day, like they just they made the conscious decision to make this boss much more difficult. And it, to me, I think that's a shame because I do think this will just end up being a hurdle that some people decide to just not go over. And it's kind of worth getting over because the end of this game is good, you know? <laughs> and I will say it is completely manageable. Again, I'm the last person you're going to hear get good from. I fucking hate it when I hear that. Mm -hmm. Every time I play Sekiro or, no, or, or Dark Souls, I hate it. If you just can't do it and you just want to see the ending, fine. An easy mode might be fine, but I, I just don't think it'll be as gratifying. And I know that you can do it because I'm not that great. I disagree. I think that the easy mode should absolutely be there. Like, there's no reason not to. Like, it, it's fine. Who am, I, who am I trying to kid? I don't, I don't care about your gratification. If you want to see the end of the story, see the end of the story. Sure. <laughs> but, I, there, but, but there is joy in, in, in overcoming, especially in this one. Absolutely. But but this whole this whole game has been about that, right? And I don't feel like, you know... You're either coming into this one of two ways, like you're coming into this as I've had a successfully good level of challenge so far, and I'm happy with how this is going, and I'm going to keep going like you and I did, and we, we got through it. Or you're like scraping by in the skin of your teeth, or you haven't even gotten to this point, and 
what would you rather have? Someone not experience like maybe 75% of this game or just put an easy mode in that allows them to actually see all the rest of it, which, you know, there's a lot more here than just the combat. You know, we haven't talked about the detective board very much. We haven't talked about the cool environmental storytelling very much. Like there's more here than just that, despite how much we've been talking about those specific aspects. Sure. I guess the, the other thing to mention here is that if you were to turn on an easy mode and you could just plow right through, this would be a very short game. There's five levels, yeah. like we said. It'll run you about 30 minutes, 20, 15, 20, once you, once you get your bearings. Like, just plowing straight through, this would be very quick. Like I said, it took me about 20 hours to beat it uh, the normal way. And then the cool thing is, we didn't even talk about this, there's a secret ending afterwards, which, again, yeah. <laughs> this was a hurdle for me, too. I was like, I'll never... I was like, I'll never be able to beat this game. And then I beat it. And then I'm like, I'll never be able to get the secret ending. And then I got the secret ending. And then I even remember telling you on Discord, like, hey, I did all that. But there's no <laughs> way I'm ever going to beat it under 25. And sure as shit, I'm like, I got it. Like, Yeah. And, and you know, like, once you get into that, like, virtuous cycle of, like, overcoming challenges, like, great. Perfect. It feels but good. if you're a person who just wants to, like, see the ending of the game you bought, like, yeah. by all means, adjust the product to your, to, as it suits you. The sure. game should be fit for purpose, and the purpose for you was that. It was the mastery. It was getting through all of those different challenges that the game had laid out for you, and you felt the, the desire to to take upon yourself. But that's not everyone. Like, I think most people in our shoes, you know, say specifically, like, parents, uh, people with limited time to game, like, they may not feel that that is the best use of their time. And sure. I absolutely feel like it could be helpful to seeing the end of the game for them to put in a mode that allows you to uh, bypass that. And I don't think a person in that position would feel shortchanged by the game being shorter as a result. Yeah, and hopefully maybe if they saw it on easy mode, they're like, wait a minute, I think I know how I would approach this now and they can yeah, go back. Exactly. So and yeah, I think I think that could that could be a like a doorway into it, right? Like, I feel like I I understand this combat system better. Let me now try it on a. That's how things used to work, right? You you would unlock the harder difficulty after your first time through, right? <laughs> yeah, I I just see. I was worried that people again. I don't care either way. I, I think slow clap already said that they're, they're going. Actually, they're going to do both, which is what I yeah, really like. Yeah, hard mode and easy mode. Harder right. mode and easier <laughs> mode. So let's. You got something for both. Uh, and and again. It's great for people to see it. I want as many people as possible to play this. I just hope people yeah. know that, like, hey, don't play it on easy unless you have to. Like, give start, it a shot. Start at one place and then adjust this accordingly. I think that's how I always do it, right? Like, whenever um, a game has, like, the copy out at the front that says, this is the game as it's meant to be played, that's where I'll start, right? And then I'll adjust it, you know, based on how much time I want to spend with the game or if I'm enjoying... Um, the aspects of the story or the mechanics more, right? Like, I think that's really where the divide falls. Like, do I want to see this story through or do I want to engage with these mechanics more? And that's how I, like, divide my time between, like, do I divert into easy mode or I divert into a harder mode? And that, that's kind of how my thought process works on that. So, well, let's say you beat the game and you haven't had enough. You're the you're the Clint in this situation. There is there is a uh, a really cool second ending, and like any, this is straight kung fu here. Okay, now that you've learned to be the aggressor, how about you learn to be peaceful? Uh, <laughs> and you have to go back and take that lesson you literally just learned from the final boss and roll that into end game here, which is. You go back through, but you spare all the bosses. And the way you do that is you almost have to fight. You go through your normal two stages, right? And then there's almost like another half stage after that. But you really have to manage. Like, you can't be overly aggressive. You can't be hitting them a lot because you don't want to take their 
It's all about taking their structure down and not their health. So that's like, again, you're applying that lesson that you learned with Yang that was really hard to learn, but once you've got it, you can apply it and you go through and you spare everyone and, and get a better ending. Yeah, basically it's it's ensuring that you learned that parrying lesson for sure. Like that that's basically your weapon. Your weapon ceases to be punches in achieving this this final ending and, it, and now it's it's just parrying. <laughs> yeah, you you've achieved inner peace and you are passing that on to others through forgiveness and, and kung fu. And as I understand <laughs> that this is upholding wuda, which yeah, is the wuda. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> which is the uh basically the the idea that if you uh extend your fist in in defense that the the enemy will cease to want to attack you and yeah i I think it worked you know i think like changing how you approach those bosses one final time you know recontextualizing it in such a like radical way it worked for me like i think it was it was a nice change of pace made you feel like a badass too man it's like hey like before again yang's killing you and now you're like I'm, I'm going to spare you because you're nothing. Like, I can breeze through you now. You're like, it's like the ultimate insult. You, Indif- you're below indifference. me. Yes. Yeah. It's like that uh, Mad Men quote. Um, oh, that's just it, what I was thinking of. <laughs> I don't think about you at all. I, uh, I hate you. I don't even, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I, I feel bad for you. And then he says, well, I don't think about you at all. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And so with that, uh, let's uh, sum up our thoughts on Sifu with a three-word review. My three-word review is, I'm getting old. (laughs) Sifu is just as exciting and blood-pumping an experience as advertised, but as I was playing it, I realized something. I no longer seek the fast Twitch-style challenge that required a ton of repetition, and I never really did if I'm honest, but I think this cemented it. Like the protagonist of Sifu, I started to feel myself aging with each death. I don't mind that the game is uncompromising, but it did keep me from wanting to see any more of what was an admittedly cool story from time to time. As an aside, I'm happy to hear about the addition of an easy mode, as I said before. All that being said, I really enjoyed the time I spent with Sifu, and I admire what they did from a combat, animation, and storytelling perspective, but I do wish it was in a slightly more accessible package. After all, life's short, and I'm getting old. Nice. So, to quote Neo, my favorite <laughs> review is, uh, I know Kung Fu. So, <laughs> playing Sifu is like watching the tide come in. Wave after wave, the water crashes against the shore, seemingly going nowhere, but over time you start to notice that it's slowly creeping further and further into land, and before you know it, it's dragging everything away in its wake. There are many games that make you practice something over and over until you master it, but very few have given me the same feeling as I did when I got to play Sifu. And never have I thought to myself so many times, there's absolutely no way I can ever do that. And then only to come back again and then pass it and then eventually excel at it. I've had the feeling of overwhelming odds before with games like Dark Souls and Sekiro, but for me, Sifu stood apart in that I actually enjoyed it even when I was failing. The combat was tight and intense and it was a joy to play, even when I had to try something 20 times to get it right. And after you get it right, then you start to get fancy. Trying new tactics that not only work, but feel awesome to pull off. More than anything, it's a game about learning through repetition, developing muscle memory, and finding growth through experience. There are progression beats throughout the game, but the only real level up here is your own understanding of the fighting style and how to use the environment to your advantage. 
And much like its main lesson, Sifu focuses only on a few things and does them masterfully well, ignoring the rest. By the end, this game truly makes you feel like a Kung Fu master, and it gives you a sense that you've really learned something. So don't let the difficulty scare you. Anyone can beat this game with a little bit of practice, and I'm willing to bet you're gonna have an awesome time doing it. It's definitely a thumbs up for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thumbs up from both of us. I think our joint three-word review would be something along the lines of action movie choreographer. Yeah. Um, because that's really what you feel like by the end of this game is an action movie choreographer. Um, Complete total badass. I think we've got a whole bunch of these. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, with that, we want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to share it with folks you think might enjoy it as well. And if you want to get in touch, drop us a note at pixelatedplaygrounds at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at pixelplaypod. And for us here at Pixelated Playgrounds, I'm Brian Skersha. And I'm Clint Jones. Take care and keep on fighting. Hiya! <laughs> <laughs>this is such an i I think this is i I just want to say one thing i think this is such an interesting game to come out and like rekindle the the difficulty discourse right ahead of like the dual releases of horizon forbidden west and elden ring (laughs) which is so funny because i'm on opposite we talked about this earlier i'm on the opposite side of each fence like on sifu i forgave it and on elden ring i'm pissed off at it so i don't really know what the difference is yeah well i'm not pissed off at sifu but i definitely thought it was less forgiving than, than Elden Ring. But then again, like like I said in, in our Discord where we were talking, like, I'm a bad judge of this. Like, you know, I, I've been through the trenches with all the souls, and I, I, I don't know. It, I think everyone is going to come to these games with different things, and I think it's it's kind of stupid to try and presume what is easy versus normal versus hard for any given person. So why are we even bothering with that? Just, yeah, I, I really like those games. Like, I'll go back to one of our best games of last year again. Um, guardians of the galaxy where it just had like really great or really like granular options for how you adjust the difficulty and i think more games could benefit from that like hey you want to take 50 percent less damage let's just call it 50 percent less damage you want to do 50 percent more damage let's just allow you to adjust that slider you want to like uh, increase the counter window or the parry window let's just do that you know like let people adjust the game to like what makes sense for them and what's going to make them have fun um it's like yeah. basketball right like calling fouls calling fouls like they do in the pros in a game of pickup basketball is kind of stupid right you no one's gonna have fun if you do it that way i see two sides of this coin obviously there's the the artist's vision that they want you to see sure sure yeah they want you to see what they've spent years and years presenting but if there's a point where you as the consumer who spent your money on this just doesn't want to interact with it that way anymore there should also be an option and i don't care if they ask you three times like are you sure are you sure sure? are you you really sure because there are a hundred times in this game where i think if i knew there was an easy mode i would have bounced out but i would have because this game makes you feel like that it really does at certain times like i can't do it i would have for sure done it but it does make you feel really great when you're like, oh, never mind, I did it. Like, I actually learned the lesson they were trying to teach. Like, the frustration is usually because you're not learning the lesson that they're trying to teach, not because it's overwhelmingly hard. 
So I don't know. I see, I see it both sides. I, I don't really know. Yeah. Well, I th- I'm I'm still always going to fall on the the more accessibility side of the fence with that sure. because that that's just my my instinct. Um, I agree with you in that like it's important to like present something to someone in the creative vision that you see, right? Like, but I don't think like the movies that Martin Scorsese releases, he intends there to be big white subtitles at the bottom of the screen obscuring the lower part of his gorgeous cinematography or whatever the fuck. But sure. <laughs> there are certain people who can't hear that require that to enjoy the movie. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to get this into like an ableism discussion, but like that's like a very distilled and simplistic way of saying the same thing, right? Like if I'm not going to be able to enjoy it without X accommodation, then I'm not going to be able to enjoy it without X accommodation. For sure, uh, yeah. and then and then if if the elitists need it, disable the trophies or whatever. It, it's like, perfectly fine to say like this is the intended experience. Yeah. If you want to play it as we want to, here's how it's done. And then yeah. you know they like all the people that are like no, but if you put the other stuff in there, then it doesn't mean as much. Mean as much to who? Mean as much for why? Like it, at the end of the day, like it's just being exclusionary. <laughs> yeah, and. I'm, I'm not in I'm not into that like I want as many people to enjoy this game as possible and I think like that will be done not by gating off experiences to people that maybe don't have the time or bandwidth but it's probably done by accommodating more people that want to experience even like an adjusted version of it and for those yeah. that like can absolutely enjoy it as the vanilla version on normal mode as presented by slow clap because it kicks ass <laughs> it does and so do you by the time you're done but yeah. <laughs> i will say the other the other entity here that kicks ass is slow clap i will say they've been very communicative already they've been very uh fast with patches they've been very much wanting to help people out so people were complaining about that second level they immediately had it patched and tried to figure out a way to make it more manageable for people people was like hey i need an easy mode like yeah cool we'll do that and we'll do a harder mode too like they're very i think they're on top of it this is clearly something they are very much in love with what they've made and i think it shows so. yeah i agree 